real chills. Real scary. Real silly. Real stories. Hey, everybody. You're listening to Real Chills. We are really excited for our guest this episode. Please welcome Sue Lin. Hello. Hi, I'm Sue Lin. I was born in England and grew up in an old Victorian house. And I have a few short stories for you tonight. The first one I'm going to tell you actually happened probably about two, three weeks ago when my husband was out of town for two nights for a work trip. And I was at home with my two sons who are seven and nine. And because I'm a scaredy cat, I have them come and sleep in my bed. So as soon as I wake up to work at like 5.30 in the morning, I go to bed early. And I was like, oh, well, since he's not going to be here, I'll go to bed extra early when I put the kids to bed. And I put my kids to bed at like 7.30 in the evening. And so <laughs> we all go to bed. We're like reading stories, fall asleep about 8 o'clock, having a nice sleep. And about 4 o'clock in the morning, I get woken up by my eldest, Casper, the friendly ghost, Casper. And he's <laughs> me and I, I wake up and I'm like, ah, oh, what, what, what? And he goes, mom. And he's, his eyes are just urgent, like scared, terrified. And I'm thinking, mm. what, what? And it's pitch black in the bedroom. And got blackout curtains. And he goes, mom, there's someone standing at the door. And the way that my bedroom is, is like there's a wall that comes out. So you can't quite see the door. You can see like the hinges of the door. Mm. And so you can't, there's that whole gap. And so he's like, mom, there's someone standing in the door. I saw him. It was like a shadow, a shadow man standing mm-mm, there. Quick, turn on the light. And I'm thinking, I don't want to turn on the light. <laughs> the dog was barking, mom. And I'm like, I didn't hear the dog. I think just go back to sleep, just go back to sleep. It's nothing. You know, I, w- I would have heard the dog barking if the dog was barking. He's like, no, no, turn the light on. So I reach out to turn my bedside lamp on. And I'm looking, thinking, oh, my God, I'm so scared. And I turn the light on. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. So I turn to him and he's all like, there was. I saw it, something down on the ground. And it was like the shadow of honey but then it started to contour and it went up like a man in the corner and I was no. like and so he fell straight back to sleep and I lie in bed like <laughs> oh my I can't turn the light off I got so scared that I actually let the dog sleep on my bed that night <laughs> and the a big like you can't have the dog on the bed. Don't get hair. Dog hair on the bed. That's disgusting. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to have the dog on the bed. He's not even here. He won't ever know. <laughs> and then he'll be like, I knew it. She had the dog on the bed. <laughs> that was scary. And I woke the next day. I said to Casper, I was like, do you remember when you woke me up? And he said, yeah. And he, again, said to me, definitely saw something there. And I was like, are you sure you're not awake? You know, that you weren't just dreaming. And he said to me, no, I was not dreaming. Like, I mm. woke up because I heard the dog. And I was like, all right. The next night, my husband's still away. I lock the bedroom door before I get into bed mm-hmm. and I go to sleep. And again, I have Casper and Ethan and I'm on the, like, end of the bed. And about four o'clock in the morning, I wake up. And I wake up because I hear the dog growling at my bedroom door. Mm-hmm. And making, she doesn't full-on bark, but she does this, Uh, uh, Mm. sort of thing and I'm thinking 
wake up and I'm like half asleep but at the same time I'm like alert and my heart just pumping because I straight away go back to oh my god this is what Casper said happened the dog was um, barking at the door and I didn't believe him mm-hmm. and I look over for my protection and they're both <laughs> fast asleep and I look over the dog and she's looking up at the door like Mm-mm. as if someone is Ooh, in that no. gap area and she's looking at them growling at them and I felt I heard something like outside the door like something moved now there's no one else in my house except me and the kids that are locked in the bedroom asleep mm-hmm. and I think oh man what can I do <laughs> and there's nothing I can do <laughs> I'm way too scared to like get up and open the door and look outside just in case what if there is something outside the door yes so I'm like uh honey stop it you're scaring me stop making that noise and she carries on growling and then finally she calms down and I turn the light on like full blast and I again have to have her in bed with me that night and then I managed to finally fall asleep but I Mm. fell asleep terrified and the thing is is it's funny because when I built this house in Texas we um one of my things about building a house was well if you build your house from scratch it can't be haunted because no one died in it right you would think Mm -hmm. but we've all seen that movie poltergeist and i'm convinced that this neighborhood that i live in it's um it's a suburb of austin called baron's ranch there was a lot of violence and wild west stuff going on like there's this whole area of sand bath which was like shootout and a lot of the houses in this neighborhood when i've spoken to neighbors have said that they've had like a presence or ghost in their house Mm -hmm. all in the same neighborhood and their houses as well were you know built from scratch it wasn't like their old houses and when I had my sister-in-law she is a um, eastern medicine doctor from San Francisco the bay area and her and her husband came to stay and they were sleeping in my guest room and they um she's very in tune with her like spiritual self and would I say, and she said to me, there's something in your house. I can feel it. Like there's a presence. And I thought, was so creepy because I always have the feeling my kids sleep upstairs and um, they would wake up quite often in the middle of the night. And they used to run downstairs. Now they actually just cuddle and they sleep in the same room because they didn't want to sleep in separate rooms. But I would feel when I walked downstairs as if something was standing on that landing by the guest room looking down at me as I ran downstairs. So even now, when I put the kids to bed at night, because me and my husband take it in turns, whenever I I have to have that like light on in the, like the you have to walk through a playroom area and then it goes down two flights of stairs to get there. Whenever I go down those two flights of stairs, I'm always like running. My husband's like, why do you sound like an elephant going downstairs? I'm like, dum, 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 dum. <laughs> but it's because, is somebody watching me I can it's like I can feel those eyes burning down on me and it's it creeps me out uh, to the extent that I actually went out and bought the sage and I walked around my house sage spirits are gone and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just to see if that would help and uh, I think it did kind of help but even when my, my parents came from England and they'd say and we'd hear like scratching noises and she was in the middle of the night in the walls so maybe uh. there's a like Mm-mm. whoever built my house 
buried something in the walls. Who knows? Because there's like weird scratch noise. And then my <laughs> husband will look in the attic and in the crawl spaces to see, hey, if there's an animal that's got in, um, there's no sign of an animal up there. So it's just weird how there will be sudden random scratching noises in the walls right there. It's creepy. Um, hopefully now it's not going to come and get me in the middle of the night now I've told the story about him. Oh, God. <laughs> so luckily I haven't actually seen anything myself. It's funny because I was talking to my youngest and I said, did you ever see anything? And he said, and this really creeps me out because he said, he's seven. And he said, yeah, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, mom, and I, uh, I, I can't move. And I see like a shadow walking around in my bedroom. And I'm all like, what? Yeah, like, uh, why wouldn't you tell me this? Why am I, I haven't, I'm asking you and you're telling me that you wake up sometimes and you can't move around and there's something walking around in your room. Like, I would lose it. But um, so far, I haven't seen it. But that leads me to my next book. So my mom is very susceptible to being able to see spirits and uh, ghosts. And she says to me, well, they, to her, they're not like, what people imagine ghosts to be like because they're not see-through they're not floating they just look like normal people to her and the only reason that she knows that there are ghosts are because they're there one minute and then they're gone the next and so I actually refreshed my memory and I actually found out something brand new today because I called my mum in anticipation of doing this show tonight to get some more background and more information about when she saw these different episodes of seeing ghosts and I said, when was the first time you ever saw a ghost, mum? And she, she was um, born and raised out in Yorkshire. And the first time she ever saw a ghost was when she was age 13. Mm. And that was her mother. And her mum died when she was five years old of a brain aneurysm. She woke up one morning, she was making breakfast, and she just died in the house. And mm. her, my mum's brother found her in the kitchen. But oh. it was too late. She was already gone. So. My mom had a stepmom her whole life. That was a, you know, the wicked stepmother. (laughs) And when she was 13, I guess it was later on in the evening, but her bedroom door was open and the light was shining in. And she said that her mom, she saw her just sitting on the end of her bed. And then the next day when she went downstairs, her stepmother said to her, I saw your mom came to visit you last night. Oh. So she saw her through the door. And my mum said, oh, wow, you saw her too? I thought I was dreaming. And so that confirmed for her. She was like, can't believe that, you know, someone else saw her as well. And that was really nice because, you know, she didn't have really good memory of what her mother probably looked like since her mum passed Mm -hmm. when she was five. Yeah. And so um, the last sighting that my mum had of a ghost was a really creepy one. Now, my dad is my dad's Chinese his background and he's really really superstitious and scared of ghosts he doesn't want anything to do like my mum will be like Ooh, let's go visit this cool graveyard and walk around and my dad's like uh-uh <laughs> I'll stand outside I don't want to be where the ghosts are <laughs> <laughs> so my mum and dad went on this little romantic vacation and they were going to Devon and it's in a place called South Morton and they went to stay in an old hotel from the 16th century and it just happened that they went to stay there because they actually went and stayed somewhere else for a nice couple of days and their car broke down on the way back 
So then they have quickly find somewhere to stay. So they pulled up and the tow truck guy said, here, stay at this place. And he pulled over and let them in. So they were just staying there for the one night. And my mom said they were, you know, getting ready in bed. My dad had fallen asleep. And my mom, she's a night owl. She, I don't know how she stays awake so late. She likes to watch TV and stuff late. And so it was probably about one or two in the morning and she was lying there. And then all of a sudden, she said that uh, she looked down and there was a woman just standing there at the end of the bed. And now this woman was clear as day, doesn't look like a ghost, just looks like a normal woman standing there. And that she just had this blank expression, like she was just staring down at my dad, like, why are you in my bed? <laughs> and the, the strangest thing was my mom, as my mom's words were, she was like a woman of the night because she was dressed in all black lacy corset and mm-hmm. um, full face of makeup and fishnet stocking. And then she had mm. long shoulder length, wavy black hair. Mm. Um, huh. So I'm wondering that this was an old pub that was a hotel above it. And it was been around from the 16th century. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. that when you think about it, it's probably like an old brothel used to be upstairs. Mm-hmm. And maybe this was some woman that had been murdered at the brothel. Because mm-hmm. mom's like, it wasn't so much that she was angry, but she just looked like confused why there was someone else there in her room. Mm-hmm. But my mom said, she, I was like, what would you do? What did you do? And she said to me, well, I just was scared and I just, stared at her and then I hid under the blanket (laughs) and she goes I hid under the blanket for some time she goes uh I popped back out underneath the blanket but she was still there and so then I hid under the blanket again and I just stayed there and fell asleep because I was too scared to pop my head back out (laughs) and the next day she told my dad and my dad <laughs> said to her, I am so glad that you didn't wake me up. <laughs> I would have had a heart attack and died. <laughs> wow. So your mom's seen two ghosts or those are the, that's like the first and the last. or That was the first and the last. Okay. Yes. And there was one more that she saw and that was, so I was telling you when I grew up in London, I grew up in an old Victorian. So it's, um, there's, the floor that I lived on, there was a basement and then there was the middle floor that you lived on. And then the upstairs people had the top two floors. But mm-hmm. in the old Victorian days, it was basically four level house. And then um, my mum's bedroom was in the basement and she saw around, it was in the middle of the night. Sometimes she was just in bed and there was an old woman standing by her window like not outside the window, but in her bedroom. And she was kind of like profiled to my mom and she was smoking a pipe. Mm-hmm. And my mom said to me, you know, the next day she told us and we were kids. And I'm like terrified. Like, what would you, what would you mean? You saw a ghost in our house. <laughs> my bedroom, yeah. like, it's yours. I don't want to see no ghost in our house. <laughs> and um, she said to me, it was weird though. Cause she was smoking a pipe and I don't imagine, you know, ladies are smoking pipes. It's usually uh, men smoke pipes. But this woman was wearing old Victorian clothes. So the next day we were out doing the gardening and my mum's a big gardener and she was digging for, you know, a hole to put some plants in. And sure enough, she digs up some old clay pipes 
Yep. And like they're super old looking. Like one pit was broken off, but you could tell it was the pipe and that bit there. And then the rest bit was the actual long stalk was broken off. <laughs> so my mum takes this pipe down to the local Hackney Museum to for them to look at. She's like, wow, how old is this? This looks really old. And they said to her, oh, wow, yeah, that's really cool. That's uh, an original women's ladies pipe. That was oh, very common wow. back in those days. Oh, and so my mum donated it and they put it in as their, you know, local heritage of Hackney. And it was really creepy that I was like, I grew up there and I was just like, please, please, please don't let me see it. Because the thing is, is the bathroom was up two flights of stairs in the middle of the night. So mm-hmm. our bedrooms are all in the basement. And then you have to walk up these two flights of stairs. And when mm-hmm. you get to the first landing, there's a oh. it breaks off into a hallway that goes up another flight of stairs. So you can't see what's behind that hallway. Someone could be standing there. And again, I used to have the feeling that I'd go up the stairs and you'd have to go up the stairs in the dark because the light to turn the light on at the top is once you get to the top of the stairs. So you just have to walk up into the darkness in the middle of the night if you need to go to the toilet. <laughs> and then like be scared that someone's gonna try and grab you in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and the same as then once you get to the bottom of the stairs, there's a you know whole other hallway at the bottom of the stairs where you can't see past around the corner from the stairs. So someone could be hiding behind that. <laughs> uh, I always have that thing that someone's behind something. <laughs> They're waiting. <Yeah. laughs> well and now you have children so I'm sure that they just like to hide and like jump out oh yeah I do that to them and they get so terrified you do that you scare them do that to them (laughs) awesome they drop down to the ground I'm all like why do you fall to the ground (laughs) yeah I'll lay down on the sofa upstairs and I'll hear them coming up the stairs and then I'll be and just jump out (laughs) oh and then there's one last story I have to tell you and that is about my experience of seeing a ghost luckily I don't see ghosts as often as my mum does and they didn't look like just a normal person I could tell that this person was a ghost because they were sitting on the chair but I could kind of like they were like faded person because I could Mm. see the bottom of the chair even though that person was sitting on the chair this was when I went on a working mini vacation with my primary school you guys call an elementary school and it was to show inner city children how farms work and the countryside and this was um really cool so I was about probably 10 years old at the time and it was in a place called Kench Hill and that was out in the countryside in Kent about an hour or an hour or two outside of London. Now, I actually pulled up the history on this place and originally it was built in 1760. It was this old big mansion and it was then converted in 1930 to a private nursing home, Mm. which would make sense. There was lots of little rooms and I was in a bunk bed and I was on the top bunk and my friend was in a single bed on the bottom. It was the first night that we had been away and we were gone for like five days. And my mom had got a box of chocolates and a present. And she said to me, you know, can't open these until you get there. And she'd wrapped it all up. And so I said to my oh. friends, because I knew it was 
you know, sweets, uh, candy. And I said, oh, let's have a midnight feast. So we waited till midnight and then I unwrapped it and we ate a bunch of sweets and I opened my present and read the letter from my mum. And I was like, oh, so I was just lying in bed and then we turned the lights off to go to sleep. But I hadn't gone to sleep yet. They had fallen asleep and I was still like just lying there, probably hyped up on the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking over the bunk bed at the, there was a dresser in the corner and in front of the dresser with the mirror, there was a chair and just sitting there, just kind of staring up at me was this woman just sitting on the chair. And it looked to me like mm. she was an old fashioned cleaner, like mm just pencil skirt, just sitting there looking. And I remember just being in shock, like just staring. And it felt like an eternity that I just looked at her and she was just looking at me. And then I was like registering, wait a minute, who is that? Why is there someone sitting on that chair? Why is she kind of like faded out? And I can see the chair. Oh my God, it's a ghost. No. Oh my God. <laughs> and then I'm more like goosebumps all over. And I just screamed like, Full on blood curdling, psycho in the shower screamed, <laughs> woke everybody up. The teachers came running down the hall. All the kids came running out of their dormitories. And like, you just see like a pile of kids and teachers coming to the door of my room and they swing open the door. The light all comes in there. And I'm like on the top bunk going, <gasps> they're like, what's going on? Like, not, are you okay? Just screaming, ah, what are you doing? Why are you screaming? And I said, there was a ghost. It was sitting right there. Oh. And like, I'm streaming with oh, tears no. at this point, like crying, terrified. And I got told off so mm. bad. It was like, mm. stop messing around and go to sleep. You had a bad dream. And everyone on that floor was laughing and the next day oh. I had like the piss just taken out of me and then I remember that I was standing on the stairwell going down and this guy this uh, boy in my class I can't remember his name I think it might have been like Andre or something and he was like a cool <laughs> kid in class and he came up to me he goes don't worry I saw it too and I said, <gasps> did you really? And then he goes, <laughs> no, uh, you saw that. And then he ran away. And I was just like, uh, everyone's laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> and like to this day, I am adamant that I did not go to sleep. It was not a bad dream. I was awake and there was definitely something there. But I have Googled Kench Hill and I see, you know, it's still used now. Um, for like inner city kids and not one mention of a haunting or ghosting mm. on the internet. So mm. very strange. Crazy. And that is all my stories. Yay. They were so good. Those are wild <laughs> ass stories. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk about them. <laughs> Those are great. Let's oh my gosh. start from the most recent one and maybe work backwards. Kids are so mean. <laughs> They're so mean. Yeah, what the frick is that about? Well, did your best friend, did your friend believe you who was in the bunk, who, like who was rooming with you? No, everyone distanced themselves from me. <laughs> They're like, distance yourself from the crazy yeah. one. <laughs> and that was the first night you were there. So you had to be there for four more I nights. I had to stay there. In fact, it actually turned into, I had a fight with a girl there and I can't remember because it was so many years ago if it was instigated from the fact that everyone 
thought I was the laughing stock of the class because of that incident. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I remember her name. Her name was Jo <laughs> Ellen. And we, she started a fight with me. She was being really mean and on the top of the stairwell. And we end up fighting and falling down two flights of stairs. Right outside the staff room where all the teachers were. And we fell bang against the door and they opened the door and they made us stand there and shake hands and say we were sorry. <laughs> but I thought, this is so stupid. How is just making us shake hands and say we're sorry really mean that we're going to be sorry? We're not really sorry. Nothing sorted out. <laughs> so funny. It's interesting because like you were about age 10 and like your kids are like seven, nine and your mom's like 13. So it seems like right around that age before mm-hmm. you puberty is like when your family seems like like they can see stuff, which is interesting. It's funny because when I was saying to my mom today, she goes, oh, it's been a couple years now since I've seen one. I think that it's probably due for another cycle. <laughs> no. And my dad said, no, no, stop it. Be quiet. Stop saying that. <laughs> because I was saying to them, I guess, it's kind of cool that you got to see your mom. And mm-hmm. when my dad's mom passed away the night um, before her funeral, he felt her come into his bedroom and put her hand mm. on him. Oh. So he said he was too scared to turn around and look, but he knew it was his mom because the rest of the family had said that she was coming around and visiting everyone before she left. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Wow. Yeah. It's hard to say because I've never experienced a ghost. So like, it's hard to say if I would feel the same thing, if I would also be like, I'm not looking at you or if I'm going to turn around and try to like, catch it with my phone <laughs> like I'm gonna get proof <laughs> yeah oh yeah I totally want yeah back in those days we didn't even have phones yeah but that would been cool my mom said to me she would like to see one because every time she's seen one she's been so scared that she hasn't done anything except like hide yeah and what she would like to do is ask it some questions yeah do you think that she just, from what you can tell now, do you think that even though that's just what she liked to do, do you think she'll actually have the courage to do that now? No, she'll hide under a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you still see stuff now? I mean, do you, you see the, like the dark shadows or anything, or is it more just your kids? Uh, no, I haven't seen anything in this house, but what makes me nervous is that I do believe in this, what they call the shadow monster. So <laughs> a long, uh, how long ago? This was probably, oh, my kid's 10. So back in like 2008, it would have been, I was back in my late teens, early twenties, maybe like 2021. 20, I saw the shadow monsters, but, um, and I was living in, my, um, a guest room of my friend's house in Van Nuys in California. Um, but the story involves a lot of drugs. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that I helps. Had, yeah, I'm like, I don't know <laughs> if it had been the drugs that did it or if it was real. But what I saw terrified me to the core. I was lying in my bed and all one side of the bedroom wall is glass panel window. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a little patio door that opens out into the back garden. And then they have a swimming pool. So they've got lights and swimming pool. So you can kind of see it casts as a shadow. And then they've got like a little table and chairs out there. And I was lying in bed and then I could see the shadows. And then all of a sudden, these shadows, it was just like in that movie, Ghost. Remember when mm-hmm. the shadows come? 
Oh and no. They started getting moving and getting bigger and then coming up mm. against the walls and then coming closer towards my bedroom. And I remember <sighs> looking at it and my, my eyes were just going like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. oh my God, are <laughs> Why are the shadows mm. growing? Oh my God, they're coming towards me. And just as they were like coming towards in the like room that I was in, I like hid under the blanket and was just like, Oh, please don't get me, please don't get me. I never do drugs again. Please. <laughs> so, I mean, that's my um, experience with the shadow monster. Wow. I love how your family, every single one of you is like, we're just going to hide. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not going to fight this. We're not going to leave. We're just going to stay, right? Yeah. But it seems to work. It's weird. Ghosts have this like unspoken rule where they're like, if you, you set that boundary, it seems like they can't cross it, you know? at least from all the stories I've read and heard, like, unless you open it in some way, like, like I would not recommend bringing like a Ouija board or anything into your house. But as long as that boundary is still up, I feel like the hiding method will, will pay off. That's why kids have the whole thing where they suck on the blankie and they call it their blankie. And they hide, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe mm-hmm. just innately know that that's their protection. Yeah. So I know that um, from us having conversations, I know you're into spooky podcasts and also a lot of true crime stuff. Have you considered that your kids might just be having night terrors? It could be. I mean, like, I know they both run very hot. That's why it's so gross to sleep in bed with them because they just, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, you can see I know just that's, gross yep. little shape of their bodies. <laughs> And they do have active imagination, so. Yeah, because like the the being frozen in bed and then seeing a thing is like super common. And we've had a lot of people talk about their experiences just having like night terrors like that. But yeah, I mean, the other thing that I'm questioning is what if uh, your whole neighborhood right now is not being haunted by something old, but it's just like one of those teenagers just going through poltergeist, like <laughs> poltergeist oh, puberty oh, yeah, and just wreaking <laughs> havoc on your neighborhood. Cause you can't, you can't stop that. You can yeah. sage your house, but you can't sage a teenager away. <laughs> and I was actually just with my neighbor just now. Cause we, we go out in the evenings, go bike riding. And in her house, her one is not friendly. Like oh. she has a teenage daughter that's 17 and her best friend refuses to come to her house now because she's so she was at home alone and she heard like this creepy man voice saying her name and she was in the house all alone and she just heard like drew drew and she was like what the fuck and then when her best friend was there her best friend was just standing there and they were coming down the stairs whatever it is is upstairs as well and then she felt something like push past her hair and she was like, she felt it like moving. Ugh. Like, yeah. It was like, that's mm-hmm. it. I'm out. I'm not coming to your house no more. There's something mm-hmm. in your house. Yeah, that's tough. I think, I think maybe your whole neighborhood should invest in like a community sage bush that you can take yeah. from. <laughs> and drive. That you I like. like I yeah. can put this up on our local Facebook page for our neighborhood and see exactly how many people say that they've had disturbances in their house I feel like you brought okay so I have this thing on podcast where I say the thing that I shouldn't say and then people get really scared I've done it twice but it's like I almost feel like you brought something with you from the Victorian maybe like like maybe it was something that connected with you when you were younger maybe it's even the the ghosty from your school trip 
it seems like you have a lot of energy. So maybe some's just, just stuck with you. Cause, cause a lot of the times when people have new houses or when they go and live in a haunted house, they're like, they actually do the smart thing. They leave. So they, they make a new house or they go somewhere without the history, but they've already had the attachment. So now it doesn't matter where they go until they resolve whatever that energy is. But that's probably not what's happening here if your whole town is haunted. <laughs> the whole neighborhood. I'm all like, I'm putting this in the HOA. There's not supposed to be any spirits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so funny. My question that I sh- I was like, I shouldn't ask this, but I'm going to ask it was when you were in bed with your kids and the dog was growling, like, what was the, what was the best case scenario for what it was? And what's the worst case scenario for what it was behind the door? Ooh. Mm-hmm. I say worst case scenario would be someone broken to the house. Like a person. Yeah. That's yeah. my yeah, worst case scenario every time. I'd rather Hard be agree. dealing with like a demon than like a person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because mm-hmm. of the person, I'm more like, oh, my dog would mess someone up for sure. I think my dog would is the kind of dog would fight to the death, and she's a big dog. As she's well. a big dog, yeah. But uh, what I failed to do is, <laughs> I didn't have a weapon by the side of my bed. Really. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm a, a like a little human weapon. <laughs> but I would have preferred to have had like, yeah, an actual on hand weapon big knife <laughs> yeah baseball bat you guys ever yeah do the thing where you like because i watched a lot of like serial killer stuff too like i'm alone sometimes in the house do you ever do the thing where you look around and like weapons assess in your own house and you're like i'm so screwed <laughs> yeah. like yeah. there's one time i was just holding tweezers like if i get an eye it'll be fine <laughs> but it's like i need to get some weapons there was a really neat trick that my husband had told me just before he went out of town and then i remember when i heard that noise i thought oh fuck I forgot to do the trick that he told me, which was where you go to sleep with your key fob by the side of your bed. So if you mm. hear someone break in or something, you or come in trying to get through the door, you can press the panic button and mm. it will send the alarm off on That's your That's so smart. Crazy. That's Why? so, so smart. Because it would yeah. freak them I out. They were in the middle yeah. trying to break in the house. They'd be like, oh shit. And like take yeah. off. Yeah, hear an alarm. Wow. That's Definitely genius. We that. have... S- We've seen keys. I might move them up to the bedroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I mean, I feel like the best case scenario for what's behind your door is like there is a baby squirrel, (laughs) which still has problems, right? Like there's a lot of problems where you have a a wild animal in your house, but I feel like that's best case scenario is like the scratching in the walls. Everything's just explained. Like you just have a loose squirrel in your house. I would be happy with the squirrel because there are a lot of squirrels in the back garden that always run back and forth along the fence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would even take a, like, you know, a rat running across. <laughs> Just <Right>. one. <laughs> I'd rather the rat than a demon or... Sp- <laughs> yeah, 100%. Every time. Every time. Yeah. They're easier to catch, for sure. At the very least, you're like, okay, I know what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. The pipe story. So what's really funny is like some of your stories really remind me of like the story that Meg told when we first started the podcast. The pipe is so interesting. And I wonder if it's because like your mom was going like the ghost almost like showed up not to like lead your mom to the pipe, but like maybe like to Mm. be this like connection. And probably that's the only time that she could have seen the woman with the pipe is like right before she would have discovered it. Yeah, because she only ever saw her that one time. 
Yeah. 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 Cause there's, my house is very old too. It's like pre revolutionary war. And, um, my mom was gardening and she found like a whole sword just in the back while she was gardening. Oh, that would be such an awesome find. <laughs> we just have it, but we haven't taken it anywhere. I was just recently trying to like figure out what the heck it is, but, um, creepy stuff always happens in my house. Uh, it's weird. Cause I remember when I was little, I was always afraid of ghosts, but I have this one memory and I hate telling it cause I think it makes me sound absolutely insane, but I remember waking up and I'm laying on my back and it's kind of, it's not completely dark. There's like some moonlight coming in from the window that's on my left, right side. And I kind of turn to my right facing like where the window is. And there's just this mist, like it's not a body it's like a form of just mist. And I like reach out and I try to touch it. And it was kind of like, it, it almost felt like mist, but it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what it was, but like, I'm always a scaredy cat and I always thought I was going to be scared. And that was like the one time where like, I didn't feel scared. I felt happy. Like I was like, this is nice. I like, you know, I don't know. I can't explain it, but it was weird. All the other times I'm scared as hell in my house. <laughs> <laughs> You really wonder. There's just so much energy in those old houses bouncing around. Yeah, for sure. It's mm-hmm. scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> has your mom ever seen um has your mom ever seen a man? Or is it always women? No. Funny enough, yeah, it's always women. As you I have huh. all these note cards that I've been taking notes on about your story. And- oh, wow. I was like looking at it and I was like, these are all women, like the woman with the woman with the fishnets and um, her mother. It was interesting that the stepmother also just like knew of the presence. Like that was super interesting. And yeah. And then also the woman at the farm, like, I wonder if there's something there, right? Like if it's maybe like some kind of uh, maternal like energy Mm -hmm. or connection or something like that. Yeah, for sure. That is really weird. There was, um, and it's funny because I actually stayed at a hotel. It was out in, haha, I can see the squirrel out the window. But mm-hmm. um, I stayed in a hotel in New Mexico, in Santa Fe. And it wasn't until, the, until I checked out the next day that I actually found out it was supposed to be really haunted. <laughs> and that night I was staying there by myself and my friend was, lived about 45 minutes away. And so she had gone home. I was so scared that night. Like I had the worst night's sleep, like on off, just absolutely terrified to go sleep. I slept with the lights full on because it was a bedroom and it had two double beds. And then it kind of came around. It was like a little chalet and the bathroom was behind another wall. And there was something. I was very in tuned. Okay, I'd had a little smoke. So I was very in tune with the spiritual side, I think, that night. (laughs) And there was something evil. It was not a friendly presence. Mm. It was very angry and very dark. Mm. And that's why I was so scared. And I was lying there. Nothing was like it had been a couple hours sitting on the bed. And I was studying at the time. And something that was on the fridge in the little behind the wall was on top of the thing just fine I heard get knocked off now it Mm. wasn't unbalanced it wasn't nothing the fridge wasn't vibrating and then again I could I could like hear things getting pushed off things in the middle of the night and I was waiting I was like I'm not getting up to look and 
I just, yeah, it just was a really horrible feeling that something was in that room with me. And I tried to call my friend and they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. Because I called and called and I was like, oh my God, they're not answering. Why are they not answering? And she's like, I'm sorry, I had my ring go off and I forgot to turn it back on. And the, the next day, because I saw, I had two nights in that place, I made her stay at the hotel with <laughs> <laughs> You can't go home. You have to stay here with me because I can't sleep here by myself. I'm terrified. And then she slept there and she said the same thing. She had really weird dreams and she felt like there was something you know, as well in the room, that there was like an angry woman in the room. Mm. Then the next day when we when I checked out, I Googled that place. And it turns out that this was a um, hotel that was built by like some famous rich guy for his wife. And they would entertain a lot. I think like lots of artists and stuff. So they had all the, they had the big main grand house and then they had built all these like little chalets around. It's a famous hotel there. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like there's uh, like the Four Seasons and then there's that one. And so they were like very well known. And apparently the wife had miscarried a, a few times and had gone mad. Mm. And the husband, they had rumored, had handcuffed her to the radiator and like, kept her there and she went crazy in the house or something oh, and wow. so it made sense i was like it was the freaking <laughs> that she's that got to the radiator that was all angry and haunting <laughs> at the hotel yeah, yeah that's that wild sense. you have so many stories it is yeah it seems to find you yeah if you ever go to santa fe that there's a hotel there and apparently there's a lot of haunted things over there in santa fe it's a very haunted kind of place it's really hard for me at this point to like knowingly go someplace that's haunted with the expectation of being like, I'm going to go there because it's haunted because I'm both like primed to see things and primed to be a skeptic. And I feel like I would just overthink it and then not even get any, it would just be me in my mind, which is the worst. <laughs> just driving yourself crazy. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I did go in February to the Stanley with my seven-year-old oh. In Colorado, <laughs> but we didn't stay there. We went there for the day and went to, so we could, you know, take pictures inside and look at it. And uh, we walked around in the maze that they have outside, Aww. and it was thick and snow, so it was kind of cool. And we went down um, downstairs, and they like they have all the pictures from The Shining, even though they didn't film a lot of it. I think they that was what it was based on, but it wasn't actually filmed there anyway. Right, right. But they have the you can rent those two rooms that are supposed to be super scary and apparently they're fully Ooh. booked a lot because people request that room yeah or paranormal teams go in just to like hang out and see what they see mm -hmm. yeah i wouldn't <laughs> we talk sometimes about like residual hauntings versus like um like intelligent hauntings do you uh, are you familiar with that and do you have a sense of like what you think do you think that you're seeing that you've seen intelligent hauntings or more like residual? I think the woman sitting on the chair was just a residual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe that was funny because I was talking to my mom about it. And then, you know, she said, oh, the one that you saw was like see through. And I said, yeah, like I, she was like a faded copy of a person. And I mm. could tell that she wasn't there because I could still see the chair. But I could just see the, you know, this woman sitting on the chair. And she had said that when she's seen them, they've always looked like normal people. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And I is I had said to her, I wonder if it's maybe you have a stronger connection to be able to see them than I did. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's that 
the residual energy is there. So that's why they're kind of faded. Whereas the ones that my mom had seen were more that intelligence of the spirit right there. And that's why the woman could walk around and move about. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. That's a really fun theory. I'm glad that that we just got to that because that's, I've never heard that before, but that kind of explains why they would be different. Anyway, I just really like that. That's cool. Yeah. And it seems to be, I mean, at least to some degree, it seems to be generational because like Mm -hmm. your mom and then you and then your son, at least one of them, maybe both like super interesting. Yeah. My husband's never seen one. He balances it out, right? He wins the balance, yeah. Yeah, I said to him, if I ever die, I'm going to come and haunt you. (laughs) That's the true love promise. Pretty Mm -hmm. sure that's written into the vows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, great story. Yeah, thank you. That was so much fun. Yeah. Hey, George, isn't, isn't this year great? Isn't 2020 fantastic? Dan, are you kidding me? I mean, this year sucks. I've been inside the entire time. But how often do you get two new sports team names? We got Kraken and football team. I do like football team. If only there was a show where you could rank these new names. I know just the show. There's a show. I host it with my friend Dave Primiano. It's called The Rank Bank. Dan, that's awfully relevant to this completely natural conversation. (laughs) Of course it is. It's almost like I shoehorned it in here because it's all I want to talk about anymore. When do episodes drop, Dan? You can hear part one and part two of every league on Monday, and part two will come out on Tuesday. You don't even have to wait. Wow. Two days, two separate episodes of the show. How can you give that much content? It's exhausting. Go listen to the Rank Bank. (laughs) So for our story, I wanted to talk about the Highgate Vampire. Yeah. Because it's based in London. Have you heard of it? I'm sure you've heard of it. No? Okay, that makes me so much more excited. It's going to be so much fun. So there's rumors that a vampire stalks the tombs of London's Highgate Cemetery. Um, So as per usual, I'm going to give information on the cemetery that sounds like a book report, and I'm going to judge myself later. Uh, The cemetery itself is notable for the people buried there and its status as a nature preserve. It's one of the seven large London cemeteries created to alleviate overcrowding called the Magnificent Seven. Per Wikipedia, the Victorian attitude to death and its presentation led to the creation of a wealth of Gothic tombs and building. Um, So basically, when this was created, it was like gorgeous. Like it just had wild flowers growing. It had small animals and foxes running around these Gothic tombstones. So basically, this vampire has style. (laughs) According to the Highgate Vampire Horror of the Dead by The Unredacted, the first sight happened one night in 1963. At this point, the cemetery is in complete disrepair. It's over 100 years old, so it just adds to the spookiness. A couple was walking down Swain's Lane, passing the cemetery's north gate, when they came face to face with a creature. This creature was tall and floating behind the railings. It had a ghoulish, contorted face that haunted the couple long after the sighting. At the time, they were so frightened, they were frozen in place and felt like they couldn't move. Um, So that was like the first sighting. After this, many more followed. A man walking his dog said that he saw a figure sliding along the wall near Swain's Lane, like black treacle, which is like a dark, thick syrup. So kind of like your demons that you saw in California. They like 
they like crawled along. Oof, yeah. I hate that description. <laughs> Later, the reports became so frequent, a young Wiccan enthusiast named David Ferrant decided to investigate. In December of 1969, don't know why he wouldn't wait till summer, uh, he camped out in Highgate. Uh, while there, he witnessed a tall, dark figure with hypnotic eyes. Soon after his sighting, there started being reports of dead foxes being found in the cemetery, and they had been drained of all of their blood. Ooh. Crazy, right? I hate it. <laughs> like, it's kind of nice that you can go stay there, and then you meet a tall, dark stranger with hypnotic eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, yeah, I'm not lost. Yeah. And you get, like, a nice fox fur out of it. People were getting really worked up about the vampire and the news had been reporting that Satanists had taken to the graveyard to perform black magic and animal sac- sacrifices. Um, there's a picture published in the local news of Front. Oh, how did you, did, did you know I was going to pull this up? Um, I did want to show it. If, if you can see, it's that guy with the tomb. He, he's the like right in the entrance the of the tomb. Um, that one. Okay. That's Front. He's tall. He's in all black. He's holding a crucifix and a stake. And he looks like every ex I had before Dan. I love it. <laughs> he looks like the vampire himself is what he looks like. I know. He's so creepy, but um, he's actually, there, so there's like this battle and I. I oh yeah, this is him too, that. right here. Yeah, he's like very soft-spoken. He's, he's a weirdo, but in the best way possible. Okay, so all of the attention mustered up from Ferrant brought the attention of a second guy. His name was Sean Manchester. Uh, Sean was a lot. He was a self-proclaimed <laughs> bishop <laughs> yeah, for an obscure church and vampire hunter, which I'm pretty sure he probably got both of those online. <laughs> According to an interview, Manchester thinks this is a king vampire, that he's an undead 15th century Romanian nobleman who had practiced black magic in Wallachia, the home of Dracula himself. Manchester continues on to say that this vampire somehow traveled to England and was buried in Highgate Cemetery. He was accidentally revived when Satanists were performing rituals in the graveyard. So that's kind of like the, that's where the lore begins with this, this story told by Manchester. He doesn't cite anything. I have no idea where, where he cites the fictional story Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All of the, the press really is what made this legend so like, so prevalent in this area this was in the 1970s this wasn't like yeah. 1800s this was i'm gonna probably go there i'm sure you know what i must have been there in my life i mean i know highgate and highgate is in london it's not far so i'm like well i was my mom what if i've ever been there but i'm gonna yeah. make a point of going there next time i find <laughs> you should. I'll be it's really beautiful other <laughs> things you can see in highgate cemeteries carl marx's uh tomb is there that's the one that yeah um, I was showing that was like all uh, graffitied out. Yeah, so that's Karl Marx's tombstone. I would love to go there. I'd go crazy. Every <laughs> every inch of it is just like so fun. Would you dress up? Okay. Would you dress gothy for it? Eat just a little bit if you want for the photos. Me? Oh, I was like, yeah, if I could. like you know i was probably about 12 13 i went through a whole goth stage Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm 20 and i'm going through (laughs) and the school called my parents was like she oh yeah i must have been younger because i was in elementary school and i got 
uh, told off and they told my parents and said she can't wear makeup at school and I would hide it and then put it on before I got and there. Put it on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dan, oh, you are so cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, that was my yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool. Dark red lipstick. I had straight black, long hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a vibe all the way. That is a whole vibe. Yeah, you should bring it back. Definitely. So now we have these two guys involved, and they get into like this crazy debate, sort of. They just a fight, and. They're both, they both have contrasting opinions of what the vampire could be. They're both in the news all the time. And it's sort of working up a frenzy in Highgate. This all culminated into a mob of people, of at least 100 people, descending on the cemetery to hunt for the vampire. And this was on a Friday the 13th. Um, despite police efforts, they could not be contained. And they disturbed many of the graves in the pursuit of the Highgate vampire, which... I'll get to my theory later. I'm kind of convinced this is a ghost. And I think this just adds to it. Like if you're trampling around staking random skeletons, I don't think that looks good for like the people at rest there. I, you know, like it might, <laughs> it might wake them up. I would be pissed if I got woken by a stake. Or again, my theory of any teenager there is just going to like project a poltergeist into the area. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's primed for it now. There's so much craziness. Um, and in that same year, this one's super weird. There wasn't that much information on it, but uh, August of that year, the burnt remains of a beheaded woman was found and the police suspected black magic. So I do want to preface, this was an already dead person. They didn't murder someone. Mm. So I, it sounds, but still they had taken these remains. They be, they beheaded them and then lit them on fire. It's a lot. <laughs> so that's kind of where it ended so much as the frenzy. There are stories that continue with the Highgate um, vampire. Um, Let's see. And the feud lasted up until Franz's death in 2019. So they never got over their differences. I vaguely remember one of the stories I heard about this is that even at the end, like you would think they put the feud to rest, but like uh, the surviving... Uh, member Manchester the, yeah he was just like yeah fuck him <laughs> yeah <laughs> which makes sense okay so I don't want to pick sides because I don't know I'm always hesitant to do that because in history people are written the way like it might not be right but they, the way that it reads is Manchester was not as like qualified he like basically made up that he was a bishop made up that he was and he was much more showy so he's the one who made up this crazy story he mm-hmm. was the one staking people and trying to do these giant exorcisms were more Franz theatrical. Seemed, yeah, it seemed like a a mystic. He wanted to see, he wanted to get to the bottom of it. He wasn't completely sold it was a vampire. So yeah, of course he's gonna be like, good, I'm glad he's dead. I killed like because at the end he he has this whole story about how he tried to like there were times where he went into the cemetery and would just salt open tombs in the assumption that it would keep the vampires from be and like throwing garlic and stuff in there so the vampires can get back in and just seasoning them. a soup is what he's doing <laughs> yeah. the grossest soup of all time but um yeah he was he was a lot some people don't believe it's a vampire me i don't i think it's a ghost um there's so many like sightings current ones um there's tell of an old woman with matted gray hair that when you that you only see like in the corner of your eye darting between tombstones looking for the children she murdered. It's mm. Baba Yaba. It's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Baba Yaba. I think the fact that you see her darting, but when you look, she's just gone is like so scary. 
I hate also it. probably more likely, right? Like that's the thing is you see a lot of stuff out of the corner of your eye. And then and when you like, turn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You're like, I don't know about this. This is the last little bit of my story. So as early as, I don't know if you can see it already, but there's, there's been some recent cases as well. Um, in 2005, a witness watched a figure float east to west in Swings Lane. Then in 2012, James Dobbins was in the cemetery and took this photo. And you can see in the little corner, it looks like something peeking from behind, behind the grave. In the effort of full transparency. That's a huge face. It's I scary. Thought it like, I thought this was just like what it is. But if that's like peeking. That's what I thought. I thought it was peeking, but maybe it's like standing. Um, I was, my next sentence is going to be in the effort of full transparency. Ghost hunters and Dobbins think it might be a statue in the background. But I want to say it's a ghost. I'd like to believe it's a ghost. But I feel like that's um, provable, right? You go back to that spot and then you just walk and, and then see, see if there's, there's a statue. Yeah, they haven't confirmed it that way. They they just looked at the picture and they're like, that looks like a blurry statue. But I think it's creepy as heck. And there's like tons, if you have time and energy and think this is interesting, they have tons of, of stories of people seeing ghosts of a woman visiting family in the cemetery and being followed by people only for them to like just disappear and no one else saw them. So tons of crazy stuff. And it's just really fun. England's really cool. There's so many, there's so much history to like really get into. Can I tell you what I see in this picture? Because once you said peeking, it's not like, it's a trick of the eye, but I see this as like Johnny Depp's top hat, him as Willy Wonka. (laughs) That's his eyeball. This is his hand peeking out from behind this tombstone. That's what I see now more than anything. Now I hate it, but I do see what you're saying. Yeah, it's bad. The one thing that I always think about is how, um, and this is like a pretty common comment, is that the history in Europe and other places of like human history that's documented and um, congested, right? Like where people were more on top of each other is so rich and goes back so far. Like buildings that are there longer than like my imagination as somebody who's like primarily like from the East Coast Mm -hmm. in Texas can think of. I'm like, wow, like, the 1800s, the 17 and 1600s, that's a long time. And people are like, yeah, this like place in Ireland was built by, you know, whoever in like the 700s. And you're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what did you just say to me? Yeah. yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. So that's also interesting. Like with what you had said, just to tie it back to your story, Sulin, like with seeing people from so many different eras and then like, I just feel like the possibility of seeing ghosts is so much wider because there's just so many more energies that have been in those places. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Whereas like if we went to a, like if we went to the cemetery where like my grandparents are buried, it would just be like Catholics from the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. That's all you would see is a bunch of mumums and like pop-ups is what you would see. <laughs> just a bunch of mumums and pop-ups. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the graveyards in England are really cool and the like cemeteries there. Yeah. Um, there's one just down the road from my parents that will go walk through and they have an old clock tower church and once a month they open and you're allowed to climb right up to the top. <gasps> oh, cool. It's super cool. That's so cool. But the yes. gravestones are all, you know, mismatched and covered like that in the moss and all crooked and so it's really cool to go along and when we were kids we used to go with paper and do rubbings of them mm-hmm. 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 yeah i watched a video on witch talk recently 
witch talk witch talk i watched but it was it was a bunch of tips for like if you go into like a cemetery like some cemetery etiquette and things like that like you bring a coin for the gatekeeper and Hmm. you like try to tidy up like a tombstone and you can bring a gift like it's just like it was super interesting i think it's a nice little ritual to like acknowledge like whatever is in the graveyard kind of love that idea of like bringing like flowers or something and just cleaning up whichever one looks the yuckiest i mean maybe they're a bad person but whatever they're dead now like yeah i don't think it's about the person who's resting there it's more about just like the the space where a lot of people are resting like to do something Mm -hmm. to like you know it's like uh it brings the value of the neighborhood up when one of the two (laughs) gets an upgrade yeah All right, we're going to play a game of Haunt, Mary Kill, a real chills classic game. (laughs) So the way that this works is each of us will pick three people and we'll take turns deciding who we would haunt, who we would marry, and who we would kill. So we're going to let our guest of honor, Sue Lin, give her uh, the three first. Okay, so I'm just naming the three people that I picked. Yeah, and then we'll take turns, and then you also tell us what your answers are. Okay, so Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. <laughs> Tatum Channing. <laughs> and Ted Bundy. This is terrible. I always confuse Dahmer and Bundy, but I think oh. that I think that I do know now because of that like one like Netflix special. I think I have them like straight. Yeah. Bundy's a co-ed killer guy that killed all like yeah. the nurses and the young women. Jeffrey Dahmer chops up people and stuck them in the walls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, okay. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer's the one that they like hypothesize that if like he hadn't had to have dealt with like so much homophobia and stuff like that, maybe he would just be, was that him or was that? Yeah. Okay. He would troll gay bars and then he would drill into their heads to try and turn them into toys yeah it's gonna be hard to haunt <sighs> oh man i don't know which one i'm going to marry Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to start Alyssa? do you sure channing oh wait you said tatum channing or channing tatum channing tatum right yeah same person right channing tatum yeah tatum, <laughs> i wrote, I, I wrote I it backwards i wrote it backwards is what happened and so i got confused for a second because i was thinking of um oh what's the woman's name who plays rizzo in greece Hold on, I need to Google. Meg, you go first. Okay, if I'm going to go first. Um, obviously, Mary Channing Tatum. He's beautiful. He's rich. I would make I would yeah. make him do the magic mic dance for me every single night. <laughs> Even if we didn't hook up, he would just have to do it before we went to bed. <laughs> and then I would haunt Jeffrey Dahmer. And this is because I hate Ted Bundy. <laughs> I think Jeffrey Dahmer is awful and... Maybe if I haunted him, like, I could spook him into not being so terrible and evil. I don't know. Mm. But I just think Ted Bundy's a little bitch, and I think he gets way too much credit. He wasn't that hot. He was fine. He wasn't that successful. He failed out of med school. Mm -hmm. And everyone's always like, oh, he's so hot and great. And it's like, no, he sucked. I've seen pictures of him. I'm like, what is this about him being a really good-looking hot guy? I'm like, no, he wasn't. I don't think so. And it's not like he was trolling bars and bringing girls back. He tricked, like most, like one of his tricks was that he would wear like uh, an arm sling and ask them to help him with something in his van and then push them in. Like he wasn't like, come on, baby. And they were like, oh, Ted. And like, jump. like he was kidnapping them. Yeah. So 
kill that bitch because he is not that great. And then you know the rest. So yeah, yeah that's my rant. <laughs> my rant the same. Oh, go ahead. I was saying it's so mean that he preyed on the nice people that would actually help him. As yeah, well. yeah, and that's why I don't help bitches. Like I don't help anyone. You're all on your own. <laughs> I think yeah. our list is the same, right? Like, yeah. I would just kill Ted Bundy because it's just like... Also, he, like, escaped, like, prison, right? That was his thing. Didn't he... Did was he? he the one who, like, escaped at one point? And was, like, in I the cold? I think he did. Yeah. I think he did. It's just like, just get it done and out of the way. And we just saved some lives. Yeah. I would say... So, I was confusing Channing Tatum with the woman who played Rizzo, Stockard Channing... Um, both of them I'd marry. I'd marry either one of them. Rizzo was a long-time mm-hmm. crush of mine. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the same. My list is the same. I also feel like with Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, time traveling ghost-wise, like, you know, maybe there's just like some, maybe he just needed other kinds of companions. He wanted people mm-hmm. that were already dead anyway. Like, yeah. I feel like he served that up for him. Maybe you could like convince him to paint. <laughs> That's all he does now. <laughs> Just like, just like W. Yeah, yeah. Then he'd be present. What about you, Sulin? I would for sure marry Tatum, Shanning Tatum. Um, hmm. I think it would be cool to haunt Ted Bundy because then I could just make his life miserable where I could drive yeah. him out and kill him. And uh-huh. um, so it'd be kind of cool because I could like maybe like at the opportune times when he was about to try and kidnap someone, <laughs> suddenly freak him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then uh, kill Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. He, didn't, I think Jeffrey Dahmer, didn't he have a higher death count? I wonder if he did. I can't mm. remember. I can't remember. I, that. I remember he was very brazen and like really sick. Like mm-hmm. with the stuff that he was, doing didn't he like try and put body parts down the garbage disposal and stuff yeah and yeah went out and one guy managed to escape mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. get out into the street and then two women that this guy knew tried to like help him and saw that he was bleeding and that he was unable to talk and they you know they were like oh no no and then jeffrey Dahmer came and was like no he's my boyfriend we just had an argument and tried to bring him yeah. back up to that and then yeah. the cops came and the cops made him go back to the flat where mm-hmm. he was then butchered and tortured. And yep. Yep. Yeah. That is so, that's such a frustrating story. And it's all because the cops were embarrassed about the homosexual relationship. Yep. They were laughing the entire time. They were just laughing about it. And it's like, <sighs> and the fact it. that it didn't even spook him away that he carried on, even though the cops were there, like, yeah, help him come back to my house. And so then I can finish killing him. Yeah. In time though, you can't have any witnesses left. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. once you're once you're down that road. That's crazy. Yeah. Meg, mm-hmm. what were your three? So I feel like I went with the obvious ones, but do you want a shy uh Wiccan front? Do you want a <laughs> crazy outlandish fake bishop, Manchester? Or do you want a supernatural, tall, dark, and hypnotic Highgate vampire? Sulem, you can go first whenever you're ready. Hmm. Hmm. I would marry the vampire. <laughs> uh-huh. So I could be a creature of the night. <laughs> <laughs> become like a Dexter vampire that would 
clean the world of all of the bad people <laughs> and wear like dark gothic outfit and be like super hot bright red lipstick and just be like oh. <laughs> um, I would haunt the crazy outlandish bishop because mm-hmm. I think that he sounded very arrogant and obnoxious and so it would just be really mm-hmm. fun to like mm-hmm. mess with him and then I would have to Oh, I'd have to kill the shy Wiccan. <laughs> Process of elimination. Oh, R.I.P. For uh, pretty sure <laughs> no that's what Jeffrey Dahmer also called it. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> so I would also marry the vampire because being a vampire queen is on my bucket list. I get it. Done. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. I would definitely haunt the shy Wiccan because I feel like there'd be like a great connection to like mm-hmm. having this person who like believes but also like won't draw that much more attention he's just like in the pursuit of knowledge i would kill Mm. the um i would kill the manchester guy because he's loud and he's blowing up our spot like we don't want all of yeah we don't want all these people moving in on our turf this is our home the cemetery our house yeah that's fair (laughs) i don't see okay so part of me wants to be a vampire queen like you guys but then whenever you watch these movies all of the vampires are so moody because they can't die like the whole (laughs) the whole moodiness is like yeah i'm dead but i can't die and then it's like they only date 14 year olds so i don't know i'm kind of over wanting a vampire husband after watching i started vampire diaries two days ago (laughs) Um, so I think I'd actually marry Ferrant. He seems quiet and nice and we could do witch stuff and maybe he could give me magical powers. Nice. And then I would haunt the vampire because hell yeah, I want to be the thing that he's afraid of. That would be so cool. (laughs) Such a badass. And I want to kill Manchester because like, what are you doing, dude? You don't even know what you're doing. Get out of here. I love the idea of you being the thing that haunts the thing that's haunting people because I yes. just feel like you would be tagging along like, what are you up to? Spooky stuff? Yeah. <laughs> you would be like super scared and it would just be maybe like, yo dude. And he's like, ah, oh, what are you doing here? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. a dream. I, I, I love, love that. that. <laughs> okay. Now for my three, you have to suppose that um, everybody is like the age they are now. Okay. So would you rather haunt, marry, or kill? Andre, the bully who was cool in Sulin's story, <laughs> Karl Marx, or the girl Sulin fought with. What was Damn. her name again? The girl you had a fight with yeah. and had to shake hands with. Joellen. Oh, Sue Ellen. Joellen. Joellen. I was Joellen. like, I know it's like a two name name. Yeah. yeah. Joellen. Okay, Joellen. so Andre, Joellen, or Karl Marx? Oh, this is a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got mine. I would marry Karl Marx (laughs) and have some really interesting conversations about Mm -hmm. the bourgeoisie and the proletariat and about how the world is today. And (laughs) I would have to haunt Andrew. It's Andre, Andre. Sorry, I wrote down Andrew and I'm like, that doesn't look right. Andre, I would totally haunt him and be like, haha, bitch, now he said he could go, I'm going to haunt you. And, uh, and then no one would believe him and everyone would laugh at him and I'd just keep haunting him and he'd be like trying to tell people and everyone would be laughing at him and going, ha ha ha. And, uh, 
then I just have to kill Joe Ellen because I'm a Gemini and we carry grudges. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that for you. I'm so Support excited. That fully. Yeah. <laughs> what that about you, really Meg? Yeah. Um, I, okay. It was Andre Joellen and, and Karl Marx. Karl Marx. Okay. I think I would marry Andre because he sounds, I, I mean, adult Andre. Yeah. Because he sounds <laughs> uh, cool and misunderstood. And maybe if he was surrounded by nice people, he would be nice. Probably not. I'm projecting a lot. I think I can fix people. This is all um, of your ex-boyfriends. <laughs> yet again he's moody and mean because no one's giving him attention and i'm good at attention <laughs> no but i mean if he's a cool guy he's got a lot of attention but yeah i would marry him and then i would haunt the fuck out of joellen her she would not sleep ever again every hour i would wake her up i'd be like you're a jerk you're never gonna go anywhere and your ideas are dumb and then I would wait till she almost falls asleep and I'd do it again. And then I would haunt Karl Marx because I think it'd be really dope for him to have a ghost companion. And maybe I could tell him about the future and like help him succeed or whatever. Nice. I said, wait, did you say you'd have to kill Karl Marx? Did you just haunt two people? Is that what happened? Oh, yeah. I meant to kill Karl Marx. Sorry, Marx. <laughs> R.I.P. bud. Yeah. I wanted to haunt them both. <laughs> You know what? I'm fine with you haunting um, Karl Marx and I'll just kill Karl Marx and Joe Ellen. And really the process, <laughs> it's a process of elimination for me. I also mm -hmm. am the same as you, Meg. I'm just like, you know, an adult who used to be like the cool kind of mean, but a little funny bully. Like that sounds like yeah. the kind of like adult like person that I would end up wanting to hang out with. So I'd marry Andre. Um, I said for Joe Ellen, I think it'd just be fun to haunt her because it would just be mm -hmm. like, she would have modern things going on. You'd just be like, yo, we going to Starbucks? What's going on? Like, you just mm -hmm. can't do those things now. And then by process of elimination, I guess I'd have to kill Karl Marx just because the other two Such are a just... bummer. Yeah, I'd just be more interested in, like, what's going on, so... Yeah, I don't think I'd marry Karl because I'd be way too intimidated, like, to have any type of conversation. Like, anytime anyone tries to have a smart conversation with me, I'm like, whoa, 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 I don't know if I told you, but I'm very dumb. So I just imagine if like not. Karl Marx came into this timeline and I got married now. Like this is a very frustrating timeline for somebody who yeah. is like anti-capitalism. Like mm -hmm. it's a very hard time. I just could not deal with that level of like naked aggression and like oh, he would be frustration. Yeah. yeah. Rightfully so. Or despair. Yeah. Whatever feeling. It's just like too much. <laughs> It'd be a lot. Yeah. Yay. Nice. This was excellent. Thank you so much for so being fun. on the podcast, Sulin. Yeah, um, this was super fun. <laughs> we do Thank a you. segment at the end just to plug any um, or shout out anyone or anything um, you want to do. So if you have any place you want people to follow you or if you have anyone you want to say hi to from the podcast, you can definitely do that now. I don't. Um, actually, I have a very good friend that's an amazing photographer and her website is Felicia Reed Photography. And so I guess that's the only person I could shout out. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, I'll ask you and we'll put a link in the show notes. If people want to go check out her stuff, we'll find something. Let people follow that way. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. So cool. She she does that sometimes and it drives me. It scares the crap out of me. Every For time. everybody who doesn't. I mean, because you can't see uh, Meg's cat, Darcy, just jumped up from 
the floor, the floor onto the back yeah. of Meg's chair, and it looked like a shadow person jumping up. <laughs> I'm sorry, behind Meg. She scares me. She does it while I'm working and like really intense, and yeah. it like it upsets me. <laughs> I get upset, but yeah. Meg, where can people find you and pictures of your shadow demon cat? <laughs> um, as for you, yeah, um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Both handles are Meg Gets Money. Gets spelled G O E T Z, like my last. Nice. And everyone can find me at Alyssa Truz on Instagram and Twitter. And um, you can see pictures of my lizards and houseplants at Variegated Reticulated on Instagram. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks a bunch, Sulin. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is so cool. Thank you, guys. Find us at the places you get podcasts and subscribe. Visit our website at realchillspodcast.com. know someone who should be on real chills is that person you go to realchillspodcast.com slash submit and tell us more special thanks to valerie to mamma artwork by libby rundell music by sam williamson real chills podcast is produced by meg getz and Alyssa traskowski this has been a presentation from the wasted robot network for more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.